Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Uh, you join me now for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors, uh, where I am in uh, conversation with Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJBL. We really are looking at the world of investment from UK perspective, but you want to to discuss what investing in sports is is like, um, because you've uh, you've been looking into this. Sport is a big part of your life, I know. Um, it is. I don't um, think there's a way of investing in cricket, is there? I know you invest in horse racing a lot. There was, I suspect, (laughs) given that I suspect without Sky's largesse and the money from the test matches that most English county cricket clubs would probably be up the creek without a paddle is my suspicion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But we're going to talk about football, I think, mainly. We are, partly because the World Cup's on. Perhaps American as well. Yeah, partly because the World Cup's on, but also partly because um, Manchester United Football Club are going to report their first quarter results on Thursday. And um, although they're quoted on NASDAQ, they are, of course, one of the most famous English football clubs, and, and their fans would probably say the most famous English football mm. club. But I don't want to get involved in that particular argument, not least because I'm from the other side of the other side of the granite, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's fairly relevant to me anyway in that respect. And also, I support a non-league football club that plays in Tier Seven, so um, it's not really my level. Um, so I guess the and also the, the perhaps the most personal thing about Manchester United is they are in theory up up for sale. The the, the Glazer family are looking to. Uh, sell the club. Uh, and it's a phenomenal story. If you think back that Manchester United shares were first floated on the London Stock Exchange in 1991 with a valuation of about £50 million, pounds, $78 million. Uh, the, the, the company was taken private by the Glazers for about £1.5 billion uh, in 2007, uh, eight, I think, 2005. Um, and then um, they floated again in 2012 for a valuation, for a, for a valuation of about $1.2 billion. And now they're going to sell it for, you know, in theory, four, five, six, seven, eight billion dollars. Let's let's see what happens. So, you are saying billion there, aren't you? Not million billion. in the cold. Yeah, yeah. So it started off at seventy-eight million, um, and now it looks like it could be sold for, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight billion dollars. Where and where is the value? In a football club, the, surely it's all in the players that are on the the roster. Well, it's not in the, the building. Value. Um, and if you went back to when Manchester United were floated in 1991, basically most of their income came from tickets hmm. and people coming through the turnstiles at Old Trafford. Um, now, if you look at the numbers, um, daytime revenue is barely a quarter of the business. You then got merchandising because it's a global brand. They sell yeah. shirts and kit all the way around the world. Um, and then you have the, the, the real beauty of it is the cash flow from television rights. So the Premier League is the third highest, most valuable league in the world in terms of rights paid per match to televise behind only America's National Football League and, haha, the Indian Cricket Premier League. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So to, to go back to cricket. So there, there is potentially some money uh, in cricket. And in fact, if you look at who's backing the Indian Premier League, um, some of those entrepreneurs and millionaires and billionaires are indeed 
names that were in the frame allegedly for, for sniffing around Manchester United and Liverpool football clubs who were, who were up for sale. Mm. And so the, the argument is, is that you have these multi-year television contracts that give you fantastic guaranteed cash flow. And that would be interest either to private equity uh, or indeed people who are other financial buyers who feel that there is you know, potential in the brand, the merch. And this is where issues such as the European Super League refuse to go away. Because the problem that you've got with this lovely guaranteed cash flow is <clears throat> a lot of it ends up in the pockets of the players and transfer fees and agents. And actually, if you look at the, the few remaining quoted football clubs, and Manchester United is one of them, Celtic uh, are quoted here in the UK, uh, Dortmund in Germany, Lazio, Juventus and Roma in Italy, uh, and also Braga, Lisbon, Benfica and Porto in, in, in Portugal, and, and Ajax in the Netherlands. Looking at the most recent set of numbers, I don't think any of them make any money. Dortmund possibly a tiny bit. Now, we can argue perhaps in their favour that we're still coming out of COVID and having mm. to deal with that. But their overall record of profitability is pretty is, is, is pretty patchy because it's a little bit like investment banks. All of the money goes, when things are going well, all the money goes to the rainmakers. Yes. Um, and you know, when things are going badly and then things go really, really badly. Uh, 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 and from an investment perspective, you know, if you own a club, you do brilliantly and you win a trophy, then the fans all want you to do it again the next year. And if you don't win anything, it's sacked the board. So it's a pretty thankless task. <laughs> yes. And this, this, this may be one of the reasons why, although Manchester United's valuation has, has shot up from when the Glazers sold a, a stake in 2012 at $14 a share, until this takeover talk happened, the shares had gone nowhere. Now, you could argue that's because there hasn't been as much success on the pitch. They've missed years in the Champions League. They haven't won the Premier League, but they've still won cups and baubles and still done far better than most most teams have. But also, there's clearly been transfer fee inflations and, and, and wage inflation. They haven't always made the Champions League. So that's been quite a difficult situation. So the shares have been actually, while the S&P has doubled, Manchester United shares went no place for 10 years, which means they haven't actually been a terrific investment. Uh, Russ, um, let's just briefly pause and then I'll try and think of some intelligent question to ask you. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose in discussion with Russ Mould of AJL for the financial outlook for personal investors on Share Radio. And we're talking about, well, the economics and the investability of um, football yeah. clubs. I mean, you know, when I did go to, to football, I, mean, I, I remember the, the player I followed most closely at Newcastle. I remember reading ended up on benefits in a council flat. I don't was imagine. Super Mac. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Michael McDonald. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that many of today's footballers live a completely different lifestyle. But you say that's where most of the money goes. Um, Feels what, like it. What, what, what went first? Was it football pay that went up, or was it the investment by the television companies paying I think so Sky's much for the rights? I think that's Sky 305 million pound contract in 1991 took everything to a different level, yeah. uh, and I think that in terms of Money coming into the game was phenomenal, and now that contract goes for you know three times that, you know five times that every 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 season. It's been, it was a, a key plank behind the success of Sky TV and the mm. Murdoch Empire, which eventually they sold to Comcast for you know thirty odd billion dollars. Although Comcast's just taken a write down on that, mm. um, and I think that was a big transformative factor because it wasn't just rich local businessmen 
by and large funding local clubs as a labour of love and putting their hand in their pockets. It, it genuinely did become a commercial enterprise. Um, but And then on the back of that, lots of clubs did rush to the stock market. Uh, Leeds United, Newcastle, Sunderland, Millwall, Preston North End, Aston Villa, da, 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 and Tottenham Hotspur, with the exception of Manchester United and Arsenal, uh, they were all duff investments. And a, a lot of the trouble came because an ITV TV contract with joint deal with On Digital, On Digital went bust, that money disappeared, lots of clubs had spent the money on players and then the money mm. didn't come. So the importance of TV rights is there. And I guess it's going to be interesting looking at you know, Warner Discovery recently saying, well, we're, we're fed up of adding subscribers to our streaming services. And actually, the more subscribers we have, the more money we lose. So we're a bit fed up of that. So the new CEOs come in there and said, we're going to stop this and stop the content escalation and actually cut investment. They've merged Eurosport with BT, intriguingly. Yes. BT's got, you know, issues to address of its own with its pension liability and its debt and CapEx and so on. And I will be intrigued to see the next Premier League round, whether we actually get a down round or not. Now, nobody's expecting that at all. And it would be a nasty shock to clubs if you get it. And it would probably accelerate their, the, the, the alleged breakaway club's plans for a European Super League. Because, again, it's another they need another elite level to try and generate more elite money to try and yes. stay competitive with each other. And I'm, maybe this is why the Glazer family are bailing out, potentially, because... The European Super League has been put on the back burner. Old Trafford football ground, I'm told by friends who go there, needs a bit of a lick of paint, shall we say. Uh, and the team probably need a little bit more investment again to get back to the elite level so, where fans want it to be. Yeah. So it's there's potentially some cash outflow there first before some cash inflow. And, and maybe it's a similar thinking at Fenway Group at Liverpool. Yeah. I, again, I'm not particularly close to either club, as I said, they're on the wrong side of the granite for me, but there is outlay yeah. there at the moment looking at them, I think. So interesting for investors to follow, but not necessarily a sensible way for Look, them if to you want to do invest. it for an emotional, for me, if you want to do it for an emotional reason, and I own one share in Lewis Football Club, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 that's all I'm allowed. Yes. Um, and that's an emotional investment to, you know, do my, do my little bit. Um, great. But no, I'm certainly not doing yeah. it for uh, a financial, Manchester United, yeah, was an initially brilliant investment, but again, it shows how hard it is to juggle financial probity yes. and what you what investors are looking for uh, and, and success on the pitch and share price performance and Juventus yeah. football. The, club, the way to make money really. clearly is to be on the board of FIFA. Um, uh, yes, I think yes. so. And, and, yeah, <laughs> but listen, exactly. I, you mentioned you mentioned about uh, Man United ground even if they can pay. Let's just end with one great story I have. Newcastle United, not a team that's ever really featured. Um, they're not much in the trophy cabinet there. I think the Intercity Fairs Cup, 1969, was the last time they won a trophy. They decided to commemorate this wonderful, joyous victory by painting the ground, the old St. James's Park. And they did. They painted it grey. And people then pointed out it seemed a very similar shade of grey to the grey that was used on the battleships that were being um, built on the Tyne at the time. And people wondered where the paint had come from. Anyway, long go. time ago. Russ, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We've been talking about the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.